Adventures of Sabrina, Chapter 7, Feast of Feasts. The coven prepares for an annual ritual as Harvey takes part in a Kinkle family tradition. Sabrina grows suspicious of Lady Blackwood. It's a witch Thanksgiving! Which witch giving? Witch giving. Thanks witches? Thanks witches? So, like, I really do love the movement of time in this series. Because we start out the week before th- Halloween, and here we are on episode seven, and we've only moved forward a month. Jeez, there's so much that happens in that amount of time. And I love it. And then we know through the end of the season, we only get to Christmas. That's true, because we have a Christmas special coming. So in 11 episodes, we've got two months of time. I love it. It's great. It's also a really wonderful way to keep Sabrina young. It's also really believable. At no point in thinking about the chronology of it am I bothered by how much has happened in that amount of time. Everything makes logical sense with how they've set it up. I can't say the same for Riverdale. (laughs) No, you cannot at all in any way, shape, or form. Because it always looks like it's cold and dreary February in Riverdale. <laughs> Don't know when it when it, when it is. <laughs> so we start the episode with Harvey and Sabrina walking home. Oh, you know, they're you know talking about how nice it is, and they're asking each other you know what their plans are. Sabrina explains that you know it's not a big holiday for us, but and Hilda and I watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and. Aunt Z watches whatever football games are on. Zelda loves all contact sports. And then movies and Chinese food. You know, and Harvey says that his grandpa's coming, which means a lot of beer drinking and deer hunting. And he he has never gone deer hunting, but you know, now that he's working in the mines, he has to honor the Kinko legacy. So he has to go deer hunting this time. Woot. Yep. I have no problem with hunting, but if it's not your thing, don't force it on people. Exactly. There you go. So they're walking up to the house, and Sabrina sees this weird organy thing tied around the doorknob, and she's like, oh, Harvey, you gotta go by. <laughs> like, she, like, <laughs> makes him go real fast. Real casual, Sabrina. Yeah, and so uh, she's, like, trying to hide it, and then she goes inside the house, and she's like... Can someone explain why it looks like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre has been nailed to our door? I'll collect the lamb entrails. I'll get some soap and sponges. <laughs> and a plastic bag to collect the lamb entrails. We've been selected to participate in the Feast of Feasts. Okay, so here's what the Feast of Feasts is. A bunch of families give a tribute to stand in to be selected as queen of the Feast of Feasts to honor... This thing that happened centuries ago when a young witch, the youngest and strongest witch of the original coven, sacrificed themselves to be eaten by the rest of the coven so that they could survive a cold winter. Which is gross, but in a moment of survival, I can understand it being, you know, part of witch lore. Praise Freya! Wait, are we seriously talking about cannibalism? It's not unlike the Donner Party. <laughs> oh, Ambrose. So everyone participates willingly. It's a ritual sacrifice, so it's a little bit different than like murder. But since Hilda has been excommunicated, only Sabrina and Zelda are eligible because it's only witches, no warlocks. Huh, nice. Yeah. They they go back and forth, and, you know, Sabrina's like, we Spellmans are an endangered species. I lost my mom and my dad, and I don't want to lose you, too. And Zelda's like, oh, you know, Hilda and I have participated for years, but the Dark Lord has never seen fit to uh, honor us mm-hmm. being queen. So I have no reason to believe that this year will be different. So, like, they are, they have been coerced into thinking that this is an honor. And Hilda's like crying a little bit and Zelda just like gets up to leave but she takes her bottle of liquor with her. So I don't think they've been co-opted to believe that this is an honor. Based on information we get later, I think that they know exactly what this is. No, I think they've just accepted that this is something they're supposed to do. Right. They've never been picked So they've never had to suffer the consequences of participating. Zelda is definitely more concerned than normal 
because she's it. In Zelda's mind, she's it. She's going in. She's the one on the chopping block because, you know, she made Hilda do it over and over again. Yeah, I think I think they have a far more complicated relationship with the Feast of Feasts than many of the other families involved in this. Right. Uh, so then we cut over to school, and Wardwell is giving a lecture. She's talking to everybody. You know, it's Thanksgiving week, and I want to talk about you in this town and your family trees that tell the tale of Greendale. How do you know your family roots? And so she asks. Harvey, you know, what about you, Mr. Kinkle? How did your family come here? And Harvey's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so she's told them all to look into their family history so that we can get to know each other better. I, I love Harvey, but he makes the dumb face so well. Uh, after class, Sabrina goes to Miss Wardwell and asks her, you know, hey, have you ever heard of Feast of Feasts? And, you know, she's like, sure. Um, and Sabrina wants to know if there's any way to get out of it. And Wardwell says, all right, you know, I don't know, but I'll do some research. Um, I'll do the same. And she's like, yes, Sabrina, um, see if Mr. Kinkles yields anything of note. And Wardwell totally knows what she's doing. Of course she does. Already knows. She always knows. Directly to the Kinkle house and Grandpa's already shown up and Harvey starts asking questions and we find out that the Kinkles used to be the Von Kunkels, and they hunted and trapped. And then there was that terrible winter, and those people, huh? Oh, we don't know where they came from, but they lived on the outskirts of town, and the town folks used to say that they were tunneling in them hills, and they claimed we stole their land, and, you know, we had to get rid of them. So, basically, they killed all the witches. What? job and then they grabbed all the land whoa so then we go over to the putnam farm and Susie is in a yellow dress mm-hmm. and she's going through a bunch of stuff with her dad yeah and they find journals and her dad is like oh you know um you know your uncle jesse kept track of the family history you know most of this stuff people would have gotten rid of and they find a picture of a person dressed up and and he's like oh that's that's dorothea putnam um, the first of our family to arrive from Europe and settle in Greendale. And Susie's like, Dorothea, but she's dressed like a man. And Susie's father just looks at it and goes, well, it was the frontier. And she lived by her lone, but she lived by herself for a while. So it was safer for a woman to wear men's clothing, I guess. And Susie is so excited by this. She is fascinated by what's happening here. She's like, what? And uh, they're pulling out more stuff. And it's like, oh, those are her journals. I never, I never got through them. This was a really nice touch, especially with her dad. Mm-hmm. Because in the last scene, we bordered on this, okay, I don't know, is your dad going to be super transphobic about this? And it, it, it could go either way when we saw that scene. Because we were like, we really came to, he's mostly just like, I, I, my brother is horribly ill and I don't know what to do to save him. And so maybe this, this issue that he had is part of the problem. And in this scene, I think we get further confirmation of that. It's like her dad is going to accept. He doesn't know anything. Yeah. He doesn't know what's right or what's wrong. It's just, this is the information I currently have. There's no judgment on Dorothea. It's just like, oh. Well, it was safer to dress as a man, so... But also, I feel like it's a good setup later for Susie that he's going to be far more willing to accept her than some other character might. I mean, he's also kind of an empty shell at this point. Yeah, they, they haven't given us too much, but it's it's just really cool that Susie has someone in her family tree that they can point to and be like, what's going on here? Yeah. And how does this relate to me? Love it. Really cool. Now we go over to Roz, and she's visiting her Nana Ruth. She's at some, like, nursing home or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it's me. And Nana Ruth is clearly blind. She cannot actually see, but she can tell that, you know, it's Rosalind. And so she starts asking her about... You know, oh, we were asked to do personal histories, and Nana Ruth 
keeps saying, oh, I thought you came here to talk to him because you was worrying you didn't have enough faith, which is nonsense. And Roz is like, did dad call you? And he's like, no, the cunning tells me. So basically, they're psychic. They become psychic. It's the sixth sense in your bones that helps us to see things when others, like your daddy, remain blind. And the cunning started to manifest when I was about your age. And yours should be starting to show up now if it hasn't already. And I'm like, it's like getting your period. <laughs> it's a family thing that happens to ladies. Uh... That's how that felt. Now it's time to go over to the School of Dark Arts. And we're hanging out with the Weird Sisters. And they and Agatha and Dorcas are just congratulating Prudence. I can't believe you. You're one of the 14 tributes. All night long I prayed. And they're all like, well, I do. well, don't be jealous. Maybe it'll be your turn next year. And Sabrina hears this and is like, wait, what? This is horrible. And they basically go back and forth. And Prudence explains that this is such an honor. Like, there's no greater honor. Imagine an orphan being queen. It'll be the first time in the history of the Church of Night. And, you know, Nicholas comes up and Sabrina's like, hey, what is your thoughts on the Feast of Feasts? Because he's always a little bit different <laughs> um and he says i'm a conscientious objector i think it's bonkers <laughs> and of course and your dad was too like your father actually banned it when he was high priest he said it was barbaric and so he's like well what how is this happening again blackwood reinstated it the year he became high priest said he received a revelation from the dark lord to return to our old rituals I call bullshit. I call bullshit. Uh, then Nicholas gets a little freaked. He goes, wait, you're not a tribute, are you? No, my aunt Zelda's putting herself forth. But I wonder how she'd feel if it was me on the chopping block. Hmm. Oh, that's fair. Interesting. Interesting. So now it's time for the ceremony. It's, we're at the Church of Night. There's lots of candles. All of the tributes are wearing white, which seems odd. But we've got these 14 witches, you know, all huddled around. There's tons of candles. Um, we've got one witch. Being, oh, let me burn white dark, Lord. Let it be me. Oh, Sister Mildred. <laughs> and so, okay, everybody, Feast Feast is a reminder that even the humblest among us can be lifted up to sit with the dark Lord and that the survival of the coven is greater than the life of an individual witch. Uh, sisters, let the dark Lord's will be revealed. And Lady Blackwood is going to each witch and letting them pull a slip of paper out of this box. And Sabrina bursts in and is like, I'll draw for the Spellman family. What in Satan's name are you doing? I'm upholding a beloved tradition, Aunt Zelda. Unless, of course, you want to admit that this whole thing is barbaric, as my father believed. Sister Zelda, is there a problem? No, Your Excellency, my brave niece would like to represent the family this year. So, Sabrina, by all means, go ahead. Storms off in a huff. She goes and huffs and sits down. But, yeah. And so Sabrina, like, takes her place next to Prudence. And they each take a piece of paper. And then they put their paper in the candle in front of them. And they all catch fire. But Prudence's burns differently. And Prudence is queen. The weird sisters look at each other and go, like, Lucky witch, when will it be my turn? All hail Queen of the Feast. All hail Queen of the Feast. Kneel before your queen. And all of the witches in the air, in the room are just kneeling and hailing the Queen Prudence. And Zelda is pissed. Rightfully so, though. Because we get back to the house immediately. Yeah, we instantly cut to the house. Like, do you realize how close you came to being sacrificed? Well, I didn't think you'd let me go through with it. It's not my fault you decided to play chicken. And with me in front of the entire coven. Well, that's, that's just how it's done. Let's just praise Satan. He decided to spare both of you. Not entirely. Sabrina drew the lot of handmaiden because Sabrina's piece of paper, it burned red. So she has to do everything that the queen won. So the lamb is the queen and the shepherd is the handmaiden. The queen's exaltation is the highest honor, so for the next three days, while the coven fasts and prepares for the feast, the handmaiden must indulge the queen's every whim. Great. So I'm supposed to spoil a girl who harrowed me. Give her some figs and wild berries to sweeten her meat. That's not even 
even funny. <laughs> Come on, cuz, it's a little funny. <laughs> so then the doorbell rings, and it's Prudence. And Ambrose opens the door. And it's very much, they, they exchange some glances, some, some sexy glances. Mm-hmm. Who might you be? Oh, do come in. And she starts walking up the stairs. I assume my room's upstairs. I'm dying for a warm buttermilk bath and a plate of macaroons. They did the perfect music cue by playing Venus and Furs by the Velvet Underground. Yeah, that was pretty good. Oh. <laughs> it was great. So then we cut to Prudence in the bathtub and, you know, there's... It's buttermilk bath, and there's rose petals, and Sabrina is scrubbing her, and, oh, you can do my back now, and... And Sabrina's totally like, I don't get any of this. <laughs> Tell me, handmaiden, will this be your first time supping on witch flesh? I'm not going to eat you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> She's like, I don't understand this, but if you wanted to escape, I would happily look the other way. Why would I do that? I'll be transubstantiated. After the coven consumes my body, I will be part of every single witch in the Church of Night forever. But that's not even the best part. My spirit will reside in the Dark Lord's heart, alongside the other queens, basking in the glow of his glorious fire until the trumpets of the apocalypse are sounded. And Sabrina just goes, what if that's not what happens? (gasps) Well, she asked her, do you believe that? With absolute certainty. Yep. And this is just a really, again, this really feels so weird having been brought up in the Southern Baptist Church because we're taught to have these conversations all the time. And it's just so bizarre for it to be talking about Satan yeah, in this way. And it's just like, oh, yeah, the parallels are great. They are nailing the conversation about a crisis of faith And the way they're able to do it is by flipping it on his head. Because if you talked about God, everyone would be in an outrage about it. Mm -hmm. So they've managed to create that conversation in a way that's palatable to anybody to watch it. Because Prudence gets her and is like, you know, what do you believe? And Sabrina's like, I don't know what happens when we die. And she just says, how sad for you not to have faith in anything. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So Prudence is, you know, they get out of the bath and Prudence is like, oh, where are you going to sleep? And so Prudence is supposed to be in Sabrina's bed, but we see Sabrina sleeping on the floor and she wakes up to a bunch of noise downstairs. They're playing Fiona Apple, which is great. And she goes into what I believe is Ambrose's room. And there's basically an orgy with Prudence, the weird sisters, Ambrose and Nicholas. Um, I love it. It is kind of awesome. It's kind of great. First of all, everybody's still got their underwear on. Yeah, but it's going to pound No, no, no. We know where it's headed. Don't get me wrong. It's just we're not being... Unnecessary nudity in the seat. Exactly, which would have really made it just gross instead of, oh, well, this is interesting. This is definitely a sexually charged show. So whatever. And also to be playing Fiona Apple's criminal is just the perfect choice. Perfect tone for what's going on. I love it. Haven't heard that jam in a long time. And Sabrina is like 10% intrigued and 90% a little scandalized. Mostly mostly just like what? the fuck? Like, she comes and she goes, Nicholas, what are you doing here? Oh, I invited him, handmaiden. And no plebe can deny a queen on the days leading up to her sacrifice. It also helps that darling Nikki here is hornier than a toad. Darling Nikki. And then he, like, is so ridiculous. He's like, join us, Sabrina. Uh, or we can go to your room, just the two of us. And Prudence is like, get in or get You're out. the mood. Sabrina's <laughs> like, uh-uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> Finally, she's like, whatever. <laughs> next morning, Prudence is, you know, drinking her coffee or whatever, and Sabrina's like, so how'd you sleep? Like the dead. It's like, okay, well, um... Mostly just, there's nothing I can do to change your mind about this. No, and so like, you know, okay, well, I guess there's no talking about this. And so Prudence is like, where are you going? Oh, I gotta go to Baxter High and live my life as fully as possible for as long as possible. 
And Prudence was like, um, you're supposed to take care of me. Well, you can come with me if you want. And why would I do that? Boys. Lots and lots of mortal boys to torment and seduce, or both. Who knows, Prudence? You may find the meaning of life at Baxter High. You had me at boys to torment. <laughs> we cut to Prince Wardwell in her office, and in walks Principal Hawthorne. Why is he so hot? He's so fucking... Not in this scene. He's a fucking creepo douche. He's creepy, but he still looks so hot. Nah, not in this scene. I think he's so hot. I have a thing for Bronson Pinchot. It's a problem. It's not good. That's that's weird. It is weird. It is definitely weird. Okie doke. He walks in, and he starts asking her, you know, do you have any big plans? Because you would be welcome at my house. And Wardle's like, I have my own rituals. I order in, but perhaps next time when I'm in the mood for a real meal. Now she's walking out the door. <laughs> and she's being very saucy with him. Like, she is. Except with a real meal, she's totally gonna eat him. <laughs> no, like, I would actually, like, eat your flesh. Yeah. But he's just like, oh, yeah. Still got it, Hawthorne. Like, Still got it. Like, she's vibing. She's vibing on me. Ugh. Sexual harassment in the workplace. Hey, everybody, this is Prudence, my cousin who's come over for Thanksgiving. Prudence, this is my boyfriend, Harvey, and my two best friends, Rosalind and Susie. You promised me, boys. I wanted you to meet my friends first. <laughs> so, what are we talking about? And Susie gives a lowdown on my ancestor, Dorothea. She was an elderly settler. She was an early settler in Greendale and was also a pirate who helped a group of women fleeing religious persecution from Scotland. Hmm. And Prudence uh, chimes in. Dorothea Putnam, we learned about her at my school. She was a true ally to those women, a hero to the marrow. Hey. So that's kind of cool. So Dorothy is like pretty badass. She's an advocate for all women, including the witches. Mm Mm-hmm. Susie's like, yeah, so I'm discovering. And like, hey, Harvey, you know, what about you? And Harvey's like, yeah, I, it's kind of messed up. Basically, the Kinkles got ownership of the mines in a land grab, kicked some people out who lived in the hills and took them over. And everyone's like, what does that mean? And Prudence just cuts right in. By kicked out, he means killed. And by took over, he means stole. What did you say your family name is, Harvey? Kinkle? So you're a descendant of the Von Kunkels. That those hill people your ancestors killed were witches, which makes your family witch. And uh, Sabrina's just like, ah, come on, everybody knows witches are <laughs> Committed atrocities, a blood atonement is demanded. She's kidding, she's kidding. Okay, bye, everybody. everybody. <laughs> Sabrina trying to cover up for witch stuff is the funniest thing it's ever. Very funny. And I, I'm just really excited for when everyone's just like, yeah, we know you're a witch. Like, you're really bad at lying. <laughs> <laughs> you're awful. That's gotta be coming in season two. So Sabrina drags Prudence in the hallway, and Prudence is just curious. Like, did you honestly think I would find meaning here amongst your mortal friends? I don't even know you're the glorious truth of what you are. And your bow is a witch hunter. And they go back and forth, and... They're just arguing about how, you know, like, he's going to come for you. It's in his blood. and He's a traitor. And then Wardwell walks up. Girls, girls, let's not be catty bitches. <laughs> I, I was not ready. I was thought she was just going to play teacher. And then she just lays into it. And I'm like, I love it. I love you, Wardwell. You're doing such justice to this character. Yeah, and, and Prudence is like. Who is this woman, and why are we talking with her this way? And like Sprint explains who Miss Wardwell is, and uh, Wardwell says, you know, I, I did some digging into the Feast of Feasts, and it's a complicated matter. Now, you may not want to listen to an excommunicate, but there's someone perhaps you should meet. A witch who was once queen of the feast until she rejected the crown. She lives deep in the Greendale Woods, Moon Valley, if you're brave enough to find her. Prudence is just like, what? I don't believe this. And Sabrina just calls her bluff and says, well, if your faith is as strong as you say it is, Prudence, what's the harm in hearing her story? And Prudence is like, fine, but I want my sisters to come with us. The more the merrier. And Satan knows who we might chance upon. In the woods. 
Hmm. Because Wardwell always has a plan. That's her whole fucking thing. Meanwhile, at the mortuary. Hilda is meeting with Mrs. Kemper. She's sad because, you know, Thanksgiving was Connor's favorite holiday. And Hilda has packed Connor snug as a bug in this lovely little urn you picked out for him. She's like, pop that on the mantelpiece, eh? Read, read the room, Hilda. She's, she's in a weird business for her. Ambrose asks about more leads. You know, did, have we heard anything else? And she says, no, but I found some things. I found a box that contained occult objects, talismans, vials of blood. We think that Connor was involved in some sort of satanic cult, and that's why he was murdered. Ambrose says, well, perhaps I could be of assistance. Do you think you could bring the items here? And Mrs. Kemper is like, all right. And Hilda's just like, such a good idea. (laughs) Bring demonic items to my house. Great. Another cue for the Velvet Underground as we hailed deep into the woods. We're walking through the woods. We got Wardwell, Sabrina, and the Weird Sisters. And they come to this weird clearing. They find this witch who's living in a tree called Desmelda. She tells them the story. I was a child. We all were. All 14 of us took part in the lottery. She's like, I was younger than you. No one questioned why that was. And I was selected to be queen. And then Wardwell starts talking for her and says, and her high priest had a revelation delivered unto him by the Dark Lord, allegedly. The night before the feast, the high priest was to initiate her. Which... We can all figure out from subtext what that means. Yeah. And as much as like, I was a child. And Wardwell says that rather than allow herself to be violated, Desmelda fled into the woods and she's lived here ever since. Prudence chimes in that what happened then isn't what Father Blackwood is asking now. And Sabrina's just like, just listen to your words. Father Blackwood is asking you to do this thing. Not the Dark Lord. Prudence says, the Father Blackwood is a righteous messenger. Sabrina says, but he isn't divine. He's flesh and blood, just like you and me, which means his faults and he sins. He can be wrong and he can be corrupted. And this gives Prudence pause. Mm-hmm. And this gives me so much validation with church. <laughs> like, I cannot talk about these things without also talking about the jesus church i just can't because because it just it's the exact same thing there are so many religious leaders who become idols because people forget that they are people and they are not divine yeah the it's hard now because we have a pope that we actually really like um as a as a figure and who i think in many ways has tried to tear down that veil of papal supremacy in some forms, he's not always perfect about that because it's the Catholic Church. Um, but it's become really, really awful in the Protestant Church in the past couple of years. And sometimes some of those pastors are genuinely good people who really aren't asking to have that level of, of significance thrust upon them and at every turn try to shove that away. Yeah. But there are plenty who just soak that in. I mean, who get ri- who just feed off of the adoration and then the money and the status and then some of them the fame. Well, and what I think people are seeing when you see the the sort of rise of the political power of that uh-huh. is the political power they've engendered within their own congregations. Mm-hmm. And then they've linked together to build this this power structure which has nothing to do with the faith anymore. Yeah. And we live in Dallas, which has a very weird cross section because Texas as a state has historically been relatively red. Like being in Dallas, Dallas as a county, as a city, is a very liberal, progressive city. Yep. But then we also have two extremely large, loud, vocal Southern Baptist churches. So we're in this constant weird back and forth like different like competing bubbles it's very bizarre and sabrina represents this very honest thoughtful questioning of what that really means it's why i love her so much as a character within the church of night is that she's not opposed to being a part of this there are things about this that i accept in, in part because she's been brought up to accept them 
and she, this is a part of her family. But then there are also things that's just like, wait, what? I like nobody's questioning this, and maybe we should. Yep. And that's what I like, and that's what I appreciate because I have that ex- same history with the church. I was brought up in it. And I accepted so much of it for so long. And now, as an adult, it's kind of like, what? That's fucked up. messed up. Yeah. Some of this I should not accept. And I shouldn't internalize in the way that I have. And that's messed up some different things in my life. And that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Um, uh, So now we go over to the Kinkle family hunting party. And they're walking through the forest. And, you know, Grandpa's talking this part of the forest is where the kinkle men have always hunted. They used to call it Moon Valley. I'll tell you, I've seen some strange things out here. That's a beauty. And so they see a deer and uh, Mr. Kinkle, you know, raises his gun. He's about to shoot it. And Grandpa stops and is like, it's Harvey's first hunt. He should do the honors. Cool. <laughs> Not that unusual. We go back to the witches. Are you suggesting Father Blackwood is acting on his own independent of the Dark Lord? I'm saying it's possible, but why? It's clear Desmelda's high priest had an agenda, but how would my death serve Father Blackwood? Blah, blah, blah. So they keep going back and forth, and they're arguing, and it's it's a fair, fair argument. And then we hear gunshots. <laughs> what have you done? Who else have you brought to this place? And Desmelda is freaking out, and Wardwell says no, and I swear, Desmelda says go and never come back. So the witches, you know, are just starting to leave, and they come upon the deer that's been shot, but it's half goblin. Uh Uh-huh. And Miss Wardwell says, you know, it was a familiar, many of them live in Moon Valley. Who would do such a thing? Men. And then we hear the kinkles, hey, dad, over here. And Wardwell pulls out a skein of yarn just quickly. Take the wool, form a pentagram around the creature. Sabrina's like, what are we doing? Pulling the wool over their eyes. Don't speak. Stay very quiet or the cloaking won't take. Take the moon yarn. Yes. So they they get into a pentagram form and they're standing there still around the the goblin deer and the kinkles come upon them and get right up into their faces. And they did this really cool, almost fish eye lens thing to kind of show that the kinkles are seeing a very skewed look at what's in front of them. Because there's nothing there. They're, they don't see anything, and even though there's, you know, five girls there and the goblin deer. Yeah, because they see an empty patch of land and think, the deer got away? That doesn't make any sense. Blood stops here. This was a kill shot. Couldn't have gotten far. And we see Harvey very concerned. And the guns are pointed in the witches' faces. Mm-hmm. And so they leave. And Sabrina is so, like, concerned. She's shaken. And Prudence comes up to her and says, once a hunter, always a hunter. And Sabrina's like, Harvey's not a hunter. And I think it's one of the other weird sisters says, you know, you must admit, he certainly looks the part. He's a witch hunter. His family are witch hunters. He told you himself. And they all start yelling for, you know, blood demands blood. It's the law, blood atonement for the murder of this familiar. Prudence starts screaming back, you know, perhaps instead of letting me, letting you drag me to the four corners, my last hours would be better spent flaying your boyfriend alive and rendering him limb from limb. Sabrina's screaming at them and be like, no, blah, blah, blah. How is your faith more valid than mine? It's a good, it's a good turnaround from Prudence right there. Uh, we cut back to Spell Mortuary. Zelda picks up the phone. Lady Blackwood, oh, come straight away. So there's an emergency with Lady Blackwood. Uh, we go back to the nursing home and Roz has shown up with her friend Susie. And so they walk in and Nana Ruth says, hello, handsome fellow. And Roz is like, oh, no, Nana, her name is Susie. And Susie goes, no, no, it's okay, Roz. (laughs) And this is the first time we've seen this from Susie. Like, where it's like, this is is the direction Susie is going. Uh Uh-huh. So now I would like to officially transition into using they, them pronouns for Susie. Okay. Because I feel like this is only appropriate because now we have a character actually, like, encouraging a different gender identity 
and so I like want to make that clear. Roz says, you know, I asked Susie to come with me because I scared you the last time. And Nana, how did us Walker women get this cunning? And Nana Ruth goes on to explain that a long time ago, we accused a woman of being a witch. And the other witches in Greendale, well, they cursed the Walker women with blindness. But witches aren't real, right, Nana Rose? And Susie isn't asking any questions. She's just buying into whatever Nana's going to tell her. And it's not Nana Rose, it's Nana Ruth. Yes, we keep saying Nana Rose because of Riverdale. So, yeah, just forgive us. She has a blood curse. She says, I don't know if being cursed gave us the cunning or if it simply brought out what was already there. But I do know that you will lose your vision. But with the cunning, you'll be able to see things others cannot. And that will save your life. Ooh. That's very matter of fact, like no bullshit. Like this is going to happen. This is the way it is. Nana Ruth, don't mess around. I like it. Mm-hmm. So Sabrina's, you know, comes to Harvey's house and he's super sad. It's like, Harvey... You know, oh, and Harvey's just like, you know, I thought it was going to be different with my dad and my grandfather. We went down to Moon Valley to hunt. There was a deer. It was my turn. Grandpa said, but I couldn't do it. So Grandpa did it, but I should have stopped him. And I didn't stop him. And, like, Harvey's just rambling. And I don't fit in. And that's when I went, I love you so much, Harvey Kinkle. Why is he so hot? His frown is precious. And Sabrina's like hugging him. He's like, you're not like them. You're not even close. You wouldn't hurt a fly. And that's why I love you. And then she starts chanting this spell. You can hear her just whispering as she's hugging him. Ugh, I love Harvey. So cute. So cute. That brown hair. And Ross Lynch is blonde. So yeah, we have another show where the leads are being dying their hair the opposite color. I had, it works. No, he looks great. I love it. It's adorable. It suits him well. Uh, we go back to the Spellman home. Zelda is, like, freaking out. Sabrina, thank Beelzebub, I need you. I've got Lady Blackwood downstairs on the verge of hysteria. Hilda is at that ridiculous bookstore, but I've got a pot of calming tea on the stove. Fetch it and come down. And so they go downstairs, and Lady Blackwood is freaking out. She goes, first there were cramps, and I saw blood, and I was spotting my babies. Are they all right? And Zelda's trying to calm her down, and, you know, Lady Blackwood is freaking out. I can't lose my babies. Fouches would never forgive him i don't want to fail him and so sabrina comes down with the tea telling her drink it all you know and so i was like okay your blood pressure is abnormally high you're having a panic attack have you done any intense spell casting lately sometimes that can stress a pregnancy lady blackwood says it was dangerous but i had to do it you understand don't you and she says that to sabrina and sabrina's like of course lady blackwood i understand you I think she like looks at Zelda for a second and Zelda's like, mm, prodder. You know what they're really like, always whispering and plotting, and I think they're going to kill my babies. You have a touch of third trimester hysteria, nevermore. Who's plotting? Those weird sisters, those sluts. I won't let them conspire against me. My children must come first. And like Zelda's like, why would the orphans wish you harm? All three of them, they think they're so clever. Playing to take what belongs to my children. They would have done anything, hurt them, curse them, so I had to hurt them first. Kill one. And the others are no threat of consequence. Lady Blackwood's dumb. <laughs> like, I get the fact that you're in the middle of a crazy pregnancy scare, but you literally give away a murder plot? Pretty much. <laughs> <sighs> we go upstairs, and it's Sabrina and and Zelda. And, and Sabrina's like, what did Lady Blackwood mean by her children come first? So I was like, I wonder if Constance might think Father Blackwood has other children. He wouldn't be the first high priest to have dropped the odd bastard here and there. <laughs> um, but how... And and Sabrina's like, but how are they a threat to Lady Blackwood? So it says, children born of a high priest, whether they're legitimate or not, can lay claim to that title. So if Father Blackwood had other children out in the world, they could make a play for the seat. Yep. So, okay, now we understand we got some Game of Thrones shit going on here. Uh, sort of. Not quite as incesty. He's got an illegitimate child. Uh, so, we cut over to the School of Dark Arts, and Prudence is being, like, tailored. She's being fitted for her feast day dress, and Sabrina's like, Okay, it was premature of me to accuse Father Blackwood of having an agenda when he chose you as queen. Um... 
I think it might be Lady Blackwood that wants you dead. What a blasphemous creature you are. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that all the fucking time. <laughs> because it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite line. You blasphemous creature. It's amazing. Anyway. You said Father Blackwood treats you like a daughter. Is it possible you actually are his daughter? Because if you are, Lady Blackwood would see you as a threat. And they're all like, you're fucking nuts. Why does he take care of you? Because he's charitable. Or it could be because you could lay claim to the Church of Night. Okay, so like, if Lady Blackwood had it out for you, wouldn't it be convenient for her if you were sacrificed at the Feast of Beasts? And so they keep fighting back and forth, and they're like, come on, Lady Blackwood was holding the lottery box, let's at least figure this out. And, you know, Prudence wants proof, and Sabrina doesn't have it, she's just got the thought. And Dorcas and Agatha are exchanging glances, and I'm like, hmm, maybe. And Prudence says, fine, if I were to entertain this fantasy of yours, how do you suggest we proceed? And Sabrina says, like, well, every queen of the feast deserves the Last Supper, right? Well, yeah. Then we cut to the Putnam house, and Susie is reading uh, journals on their bed. And then all of a sudden, they see this woman that's dressed as a man. And Susie sees them and goes, Dorothea? Susie! Dinner's ready! And Susie wakes up. She's been sleeping. Then we go over to the Kinkle house. They're just, they're having lunch. They're, they're having frozen dinner. And Tommy and Harvey are like, this happens every year. They start drinking before breakfast and pass out before lunch. And Grandpa, you can just see, completely passed out in the recliner. So it's just you and me. I'm okay with that. Happy Thanksgiving, Tommy. Happy Thanksgiving, nerd. No. Uh, so now we're at the Spellman house. And Sabrina is welcoming Father Blackwood and Lady Blackwood. Please come in. Happy thanks, um, feast of feast. <laughs> Message feast. We'll be dining in the parlor this evening. You know, Prudence, you look great. You know, Lady Blackwood, you look great. Thanks for the sacrifice she makes tonight for the coven. And then we're like, where is Hilda? Given her disenfranchised status, I didn't think it was appropriate for, appropriate for her to join us. Sabrina says, also, she's making dessert. <laughs> so then we cut to... Wardwell is at her house and she's talking to Stolas, who's calling quite peace for Stolas. Hmm, that'll be the takeaway I ordered. She opens the door. And it's a pizza guy. Not just any pizza guy, it's Ben from Riverdale. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Ben showed up three different times in Riverdale. He was uh, one of the guys at the drive in theater. Uh-huh. Uh, he came down the stairs. Uh, he had an evening, I guess, with Chick uh-huh. at the Cooper house. And then he was the last piano boy in Greendale with Grundy. Then he shows up a fourth time. He jumps out of a hospital window. So he's died twice now. To ascend. Oh yeah, he ascended. He didn't die twice. Well, he's dead here now because oh. he's getting eaten by Wardwell. Well, that's true. Um, so, um, yeah, Wardwell says, do you mind sitting in over there? And she's being very sexy. God. I can't tell you how starved I am. And so he comes in and she shuts the door. We kind of get the idea that she's going to eat him. Of course she is. Right. We go back to the Spellman house. When this time we're in the kitchen, we see this giant cake that Aunt Hilda has made. This is my mom's secret recipe when she thought my dad was having an affair. And Sabrina's like, how long should it take? Oh, it should be instantaneous. And so she, Sabrina walks it out. This is my Aunt Hilda's brown butter March pancake with candied currants. Mm. Looks delicious, but I want to save room for later. Oh, you're eating for three, remember? Faustus says, you know, when can we be gluttonous if not on Feast of Feast? I agree, heartily. Yep. So... Father Blackwood and Lady Blackwood take some cake and they're eating it. And Sabrina starts with the questions. As a recent convert, Father Blackwood, I'm curious, why did you decide to reinstate feast day after my father outlawed it? And he says, you know, the Dark Lord revealed to me that I must return to our centuries-old traditions. Sometimes the old ways are best. 
and everyone's you know talking about how wonderful it is that you know prudence is going to be the queen and everyone's like i will miss you body and soul mostly body i won't you're a stain we're better off without you what she's not my queen she's a bastard lady blackwood just starts spouting off and so then sabrina starts asking questions when was the last time you cast a spell, Lady Blackwood? I enchanted the ballot box to favor Prudence's queen. She and her slut sisters are your seed. And then she looks at Blackwood and goes, and you are a voracious slut yourself. And Ambrose and Sabrina go, what? Yeah, and she's just like, that means trouble for my children. I'm so sorry, husband. I'm not sure why I'm unburdening myself like this. Sabrina's just like, it's because your queen requested a special cake for her last supper. Aunt Hilda's truth cake. One bite and you cannot lie. And <laughs> Lady and High Priest Blackwood both just go like, oh shit. Yeah. He's just like, how dare you interfere with the Dark Lord's will? Have you any idea the scandal, the blasphemy you brought upon the church? Lady Blackwood says, I'm sorry. And Prudence says, are you my father then? And he says, I am. And then you can see it on his face. He just goes, fuck, 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 fuck. He's trying really hard not to say it. And she goes, and my mother, dead. And Sabrina says, and by your hand, eh, indirectly. She threw herself in a river because I would not marry her. And so then he's like, trying not to talk. It's liar, liar at this point. And then Dorcas and Agatha goes, so are... Are we your daughters too? Hmm? No, you're just orphans. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's so great. It's like you're not special. You're just orphans. Because <laughs> uh, they're disappointed. <laughs> of course they are. So then Prudence is like really sad. You're right, Sabrina. The Dark Lord doesn't want me to be his queen. And then you know, everyone's like, the coven must meet right away, redraw for a new queen, or the Dark Lord could come to you with a new revelation, one that compels you to outlaw the feast this year and every year to become. And what's been revealed at this table tonight will never be spoken of again. And everyone's just kind of like mulling this over, and Prudence is just like, whatever happens, I want to wear the dress and sit on the throne of skulls. Fair. Kind of a lofty request, but then she looks right at Faustus and says, Can I please, father? <laughs> Smash cut to Prudence on the damn throne. Throne. And, every, you know, all the, all the witches are like, I've been fasting for days. And so Faustus comes out. It's like, brethren, sisters, a very unholy night to all and, and also to you. Each year, the Feast of Easter commemorates the selfish sacrifice that saved our covens. And everyone yells, praise Freya. However, tonight, I must be the reluctant bearer of dark tidings. In an unexpected turn of events, the circumstances entirely out of our control, Prudence Knight cannot fulfill her duty as queen of the feast. And everyone starts yelling, blasphemy, we must feast, we're ravenous. And he starts saying that this feast will not be, and Mildred, who has so sad not to be queen stands up slits her throat she's yelling freya lives praise satan and then she drops to the ground everyone else is all hail mildred queen of the feast and faustus is like all hail mildred queen of the feast and he leans into it and everyone starts eating her <laughs> and blackwood's just like hmm Exchanging, they're all exchanging looks, and Sabrina's like, what the fuck is this? And then everybody dives in for a bite. Yeah. We go back to the Spellmans, and Luke and Ambrose are watching TV. No. Comes in, and she looks really upset. She goes, it's the coroner's office. They're bringing over a couple. It's suicides. Always happens this time of year. It's Mr. and Mrs. Kemper. Uh Uh-oh. And so then we have Sabrina and Zelda coming home from the feast. And Zelda, what would have happened if it was me who was selected for queen and not Prudence? Would you have let them do that to me? What was done to Mildred? And Zelda's like, never. But what if it was the Dark Lord's will? It wouldn't have mattered. Now, please, Sabrina, I'm tired. And you can see Zelda just being like, we were that close to losing you, Sabrina. Well, it's not just that, but for Zelda... She is now seeing the cracks in her belief system. Oh, yeah. Because, okay, Lady Blackwood rigged the the selection. But Faustus was willing to be like, we can't do this again because we can't risk losing our numbers for just the ceremony. But then the second 
it could have been revealed that there was a hitch. He lied so quickly to everybody. Of course. So for her, like, not only is it that she could have lost Sabrina, but she could have lost her own life. And for this person that she's following who is not on the up and up. So then we see um, Harvey and Tommy, you know, heading into the mines. Hey, nerd, you know what the best thing about working the Friday after Thanksgiving is? Time and a half pay. And so they're, like, <laughs> doing their time cards. And then we're at the school, and Agatha and Dorcas are kind of on the ground, and we don't really know what they're doing. And Prudence is like, sisters, what are you doing? Praying, thanking the dark lord that you're still with us. And Prudence is kind of like, hmm. Whatever. Dorcas is like, Agatha, shouldn't we have invited her? No. Better to leave her out of this. Blood demands blood. Let sticks and stones break the witch hunter's bones. And they have two voodoo dolls with miners' hats. And they put them on the ground. And then they take these giant rocks, smash the voodoo dolls. End of episode. Oh, shit. Fuck. What the fuck? What the fuck? This is a great episode. It's pretty good. Like, the momentum is building. It's really fun. Again, I like how quickly... Like, we're moving quickly, but still a lot of really interesting stuff is happening. And, like, we get these... We've got these little nuggets from Roz and Susie. We got the history of Harvey's family. Like, so much is happening. It's great. And we get some quality time with Prudence that isn't focused on her being this rival. Yeah, well, I mean, like, they're always going to have this contentious relationship, and that's fine. But here it was about something that isn't Prudence and Sabrina not liking each other. It was about an ideological problem. Right. And that was interesting, and it, they, they had a good back and forth. Well, if you're listening to this, you're one of our Patreon subscribers, and we appreciate you being here. So until next time. Hashtag praise Satan. Praise Satan.